This episode of Tags Podcast, episode 243, is sponsored by Adam's Toy Box, where you can get 20% off all of their toys by using our promo code at checkout, Tags, T-A-G-S. Go to adamstoybox.com and listen a little bit later to the entirety of this show because we are giving away a toy from Adam's Toy Box on this Wednesday's show based on the topics you hear tonight. So listen up and join us on Wednesday night for Tags Live. What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, a.k.a. Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Steve V. This is episode 243, alongside my buddy, friend, BFF, and Methuen, Jeremy Ross Lopez, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I got in trouble for mispronouncing the name of your state. Say the name of your state. What, Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah, apparently I pronounce it wrong every time and I was clocked. <laughs> so I'm going to make you say it. And, I'm not, and whenever, I, whenever I get in my head about a word, I, I shy away from it. So <laughs> you're from Methuen now until I get it down. <laughs> um, Lincoln, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Lincoln, how are you doing over across town from me? I'm doing good. You know, living the New York dream. <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever that looks like these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to episode 243. And sadly, I want to um, have to make a sad announcement about a guy that I knew who was just this huge guru of a trainer here in New York, um, Sebastian Morel Ferreira, Ferreira, just passed away the other day. And he was somebody that my trainer had introduced me to. And I would see him all the time. If anybody watched or looked at his Instagram, Sebastian Fitness, you were immediately, he had like 85 thousand followers or just like a, a huge number and was such an inspiration to the community to everybody i took a couple uh like i this some last summer i was part of a couple of his classes outdoors in long island city he was just he he had um a husband and he leaves behind um a son a baby boy he was only 39 years old but my god he was such an inspiration. If you looked at any of his videos, he was an immigrant from um, Latin America and just really, I will miss him as will so many people. I will put a place for people that may know him, uh, a link on our website because they're asking that you could donate uh, a plant in memory of him. And one of his statements that he always stated that his husband and everybody wants to know is get out there and do something amazing for yourself. So in honor of Sebastian, uh, we're going to do something amazing here on the show and just salute him and for all people. And it's just, it's so sad guys, because it seems like there's so much loss in this year. I mean, Definitely. not even just with COVID, it's like another friend of mine lost a, his ex-boyfriend that they were just rekindling who was in his like 33 sebastian was 39 i mean this it's just really really crazy the amount of loss you know and then of course you know people like your mother and my 
Lincoln. It's it's just sad. So yeah, it's you know another guy, uh, Ryan Shea, I think was his name. He did a lot with Instinct Magazine and the Bear World. He was really young. He just passed away, and I just was on Facebook, and two of my high school friends, their fathers passed away. It's just that kind of a time. You know what I mean? It is. It is. Yeah. So. Let's take let's do something amazing here while we are here and in honor of Sebastian and all those that we have lost. Um, so there's an interesting story to pivot here uh, on that I sent you guys the story that cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gay kiss. And as we all know, Easter is upon us for so many of us, not myself necessarily, I, partly because I can't stand pastels. But Easter is upon us. And it's a little bigger the, than that, Steve, but I get your point. Oh, is it? Okay. It's about those black ashes, right, that people put on there. Yeah, that I used to have to do as a kid, right? I get it. Um, Cadbury cream eggs are a big thing that are, I'm not really a fan of those eggs. Are you? Do you guys like these eggs, the Cadbury cream egg? No, I don't. I do for, yeah. like, they're like peeps, like... Oh, yay, it's Easter. You have one, and you're done for a year. Oh, my God, I hate Peeps even I hate more than Cadbury's. <laughs> have you ever done jousting Peeps? Total side note. Do you know what this is? No. Jousting Peeps. You take two Peeps, you face them to one another, and you put toothpicks in them, and you put them in the microwave. And then they expand, and one <laughs> stabs the other and deflates it. <laughs> Oh my god. Fun. That's the Easter spirit, Lincoln. See, there it. you go. There's always something. Okay. Can you do that for me and send and I'll I'll come by. I'll come over up. and we'll do jousting Pete's together All when right. I'm safe. Hello. That could be fun. Right? Sounds like a slumber party. I love it. All <laughs> right. Well, there's a controversial ad, TV ad for the popular Easter egg, and it sparked an online petition because of an intimate scene shared between a gay couple cadbury uk released the commercial last month to to celebrate 50 years of its popular cream egg the ad features several different characters all who like to eat their chocolate eggs in their own unique way such as dipping licking or baking with the treats and in the final scene however there's there's these two guys that um which i love they're like mixed race one's black one's white and they kiss one has the egg and they bite it. And as they're separating it with their mouths, <laughs> that's what the controversy is. Jeremy, mm-hmm. what did you think the controversy was about? What did it look like to you? Well, they're uh, feeding each other it pretty much, but using their mouth and their tongue and uh, pulling it apart because of the filling. Did right? it remind you of cum? And do you think that's where all the hoop, the. Oh, <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, I didn't think that either. Well, that's what they're saying. Accuses the company of selling sex to children, like the insinuation. No, it's, it's cream, and people need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> the uh, I was kind of like grossed out when I saw the picture of it, because, partly because I hate those eggs. Secondly, because I just don't like, yeah, the candy surrounded around. It's not my favorite candy season. And but the other reason, but then I watched the whole commercial. I will put this up on Tag's podcast, and all I could think of it's so British because yeah. the time I whenever I spent time in England and the, a couple years ago, my family and I went to go see Paddington in Chelsea, Chelsea, London, mm-hmm. and 
they show way more commercials leading up to the movie. And we were struck because all these kids were with their teddy bears, Paddington, waiting like us to watch a movie. And it was super fun for us to watch a movie in London, right? Mm -hmm. But as we're waiting, all these commercials go. And the British commercials are so brilliant like they're way more racy way more a lot more fun a lot more cheeky as they like to say and it doesn't surprise me that after watching the commercial this fits their humor and i wish we had that kind of humor and in a lot of our commercials i don't know lincoln what did you think well i saw this like a month ago i saw this commercial a while ago and i think Part of the reason I probably saw it is I get every sweet confection, bakery, protein bar, fitness, you know what I mean? I get a lot in all of my feeds. And I remember someone posted this and I just thought, like you said, it was a European edgy, very cool commercial. And I love that it had every walk of life kind of represented and loving each other over an head. I just loved it. I didn't think of it as calm. I didn't think of it as something that should be taken down. I just thought it was awesome. <laughs> cool sidebar on the commercial is the men are a real life couple identified oh, as cool. Callum Sterling and Dale K. Mor- Moran. And so that's kind of cool too. It started that a whole. Cool. Yeah, it did start a petition, but Cadbury kind of stood by it. Cadbury UK, as we should say. And they said, no, they don't think it's hypersexualized. They were trying to make it inclusive. Yeah. So. That's cool. I hope they keep, you know, the more companies like that and people stand up for things like that, the better. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make you want to eat one of those eggs, Jeremy, or no? Hell no. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't like the cream inside. So that's not my type of chocolate. It is kind of creepy and yeah, ooey gooey. And the rest of the commercial, they're doing. I don't mind the commercial at all, and I think if you if you are bothered by a commercial, just change the channel and get over it. There you go, perfectly stated. All right, well, let's move on. Our next story comes from. It's a combination of stories on what's really going on currently. As we know, we we just surpassed. Did we surpass or get to five hundred thousand? deaths from the from coronavirus we just got to the five hundred thousand. i think we're just getting over it right now right and it's horrible to think of more than any war in this country combined of loss but there's a story out back to the uk and i'm going to combine a couple stories and then i want to get into a little dialogue about all this so there's one from instinct talking about queer men in the uk are breaking lockdown in order to have sex and when asked why they say it's because they were lonely well i'm not surprised by that and this information comes from a new study released by 56 dean street and this is one of london's most renowned sexual health clinics The clinic surveyed HIV-negative queer men who had previously signed up for an online HIV prevention service. The results of the survey found that 76% of the 814 respondents had broken lockdown to have sex due to loneliness and things like, of course, boredom. And specifically, 29% of those who broke lockdown said they did it out of, like I said, boredom, loneliness, 48%, and 27% said it was because of stress and anxiety. Lastly, the, the... the survey results also include a f- few more revelations, like out of the 814 men, 
The median age was about 40. 83 of the respondents were white and 75% were using PrEP during COVID restrictions. So the clinic was worried over the report of an 80% drop in people using sexual health services. So if, in other words, I guess if people are having more sex, they're not maybe getting STI checked. And with that, 28% of respondents said they acquired an STI during the UK's first lockdown. So as such a big takeaway from this survey is the importance of keeping sexual health services open during the pandemic. In other words, getting checked and getting like, for example, I'm going Wednesday to get my to, to continue my prep usage up. So there's that story. And then there's another story in Italy. And then we'll discuss. And this one, last week, there's a city in Italy, La Spezia. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. So come at me and let me know how to pronounce it in people in Italy. <laughs> Health authorities sparked outrage with the coronavirus vaccination mandate that categorized gay people as, quote unquote, risky behavior group. It's no secret that Italy has a reputation of discrimination against the LGBTQ community. It's because of the Catholicism there is a crucial factor in that dynamic. In this incident, however, Italian officials had to apologize for listing homosexuals among prostitutes and drug addicts as having priority eligibility to receive the coronavirus vaccine due to their high-risk lifestyle. And that's quote-unquote, high-risk lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So among the 29 higher-risk categories to be granted priority access to COVID vaccination were health workers and all the, the ones that we all know. It prompted President Giovanni Totti of Liguria, where La Spezia is located, to denounce such a characterization of LGBTQ people calling the incident, quote, incredible and shameful. He then directed blame to the national government, citing the offensive language as part of a form copied verbatim from an antiquated health ministry document. It goes on, but I guess, Jeremy, hearing both of these two stories, when, yes, it's probably offensive so much just to lump LGBTQ people into the categories as drug addicts and such to get the mm -hmm. vaccination and prostitutes, but... Do you agree with that or do you, because labeling them high risk and given our other story on the UK, which shows we are having sex, are, is it really that bad to have some gay people get the vaccination since we might be high risk? I mean, I don't consider us any more high risk than other other people, but I also think that the categorization of it is unnecessary and I don't think it hurts anyone to, for any specific uh community to get vaccinated as in the line of who gets it first and who doesn't and vice versa and then also just uh singling out uh certain minorities or just any sort of community just seems like kind of foolish in right. a time when everybody wants to get vaccinated so i mean at the end of the day it's just important and i think just putting labels on the entire situation is just kind of stupid. And I, I don't re really believe, I mean, there are certain groups that are higher risk than others. Uh, I don't know if the LGBTQ community falls into that category, but I do know that 
uh, people that have immune deficiency and things like that, those are definitely case-by-case situations that they need it more than anyone. Yeah, Lincoln, it's interesting because I just heard if you are HIV positive, you can get the vaccination, COVID vaccination. And also, have you noticed that there is co- uh, vaccination envy going around? And lastly, what do you think about these stories? Do you think we're just being having the type of sex that we do in a pandemic could be actually listed as risky behavior? Well, I think it's risky to be doing anything right now. I know it sucks. We're all depressed. We're all gaining weight or losing weight or eating right or eating wrong. And it's, it's a mess. It's, it's going to be another mess for probably a year. And we all need to buckle up, shut up, restrict our behavior Mm -hmm. so that we get out of this without losing as many people as possible. I, 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 I don't understand people in Puerto Vallarta in a swimsuit. I don't understand in, in Wilton Manors or whatever down in Florida. Right. There was all these videos of this big club going on. And, and like I just said, you know, this guy, Ryan Shea, was 28 years old and died of COVID. Just stay at home and be responsible. So that's just my opinion about yeah. that because I'm certainly not doing anything. And if I can hold out, I hope we all can, because we all see life through our own little lens of what we're able to do, right? So mm-hmm. I just think that that's a sad state of behavior, and it's irresponsible. As far as categorizing people here and there, I find that people are pulling things out of the headlines to make a point, like like f- to take it out of this realm in in – New Jersey, if you're a smoker, you have priority to get vaccinated. Now, I personally am outraged by that right. because I feel it's a choice. <laughs> stop smoking. Like, right. you know, we we should have been listening to the smoking issues 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and now they're being put to the front of the line of a vaccination. That seems horribly unfair. Mm-hmm. And for it people is. who have a problem with gay sex, it's really easy to point the finger and saying, oh, they're in the same category as drug addicts because of their sexual behavior. It seems like that blame game is is going on again when what's most important is that we get as many people vaccinated as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit, though, of when we talk about drug addicts. I was, you know, sometimes I get fixated on Nat Geo Station <laughs> and there's a show called Drugs, Inc., and they'll show like drugs happening in various cities across America and the epidemics of the drugs happening. And there was a story that I was watching on one of them that they included in there of these girls that it's re- it's against the law to pro- in I think it was I hope I don't Philly or I'm not sure I don't want to say the wrong one where th- this girl and and a couple other of her friends have this underground thing where they put together clean needles and condoms and all the things that would go along and package them up and go around. Apparently in the city she's in, that's illegal for her to even, she could be put in jail for up to five years for doing that. And it's really a response that, no, she's not encouraging people to continue to inject heroin. And, but, Rather than proliferate more HIV and hepatitis 
going around, this at least can help minimize that. In other words, if people are still going to shoot up, they at least should have clean needles. And and a lot of these cities do not sell syringes and and the drugstores won't sell them. So they have no way of getting them. So I think she's providing a good service. I think it's a part of a larger conversation, of course. And I think in some ways, the smoker concept, yeah, but they're still going to smoke. And that's a little bit different. People are still going to have gay sex. And it might behoove us to, you know, if you know you're having sex, Maybe it's good to get be able to have them get the vaccine earlier on so that they don't infect others in the community. Yeah, um, but the problem with that argument is <clears throat> having sex does not is is again a choice to have sex or to not have sex, right? Gay, straight, you can't whatever. At least that. In other words, people are still gonna do it. And what was your other point of that? Well, my point was people are being put to the front of the line because they have a heart condition, because they mm -hmm. have a lung condition, because they're Which over is... 70 years old, not because they felt like having sex on Wednesday. Yeah. Well, you know maybe I mean? this, yeah, I agree like a, with, I agree with you. A hard it's, thing to crock. Like if is. you're in a nursing home, you should probably get it more than someone who feels like still being sexually active during a pandemic. Correct. Uh, I agree. Um, maybe this next part, piggybacking off of it, these uh, in Madrid, party goers recently hid underneath mattresses and in, a, and in a cupboard at a packed house in Madrid in an attempt to avoid police at one of 227 illegal parties raided in the city over the weekend for breaches of COVID-19 restrictions. Police showed the hidden excuse me, police video showed the hiding revelers who were arrested and another raid took place at a bar which was not complying with restrictions to try and contain the spread of the virus. Quote, 227 illegal parties have been detected in Madrid on Friday and Saturday. That's a lot. Um, on top of that, people were not complying with the curfew, not using masks, or were in premises without any security measures. And just to... Parallel that story, I was talking and working out with a friend of mine, and we're neighbors in my gym here, and he was telling me about he had heard from his boyfriend that there's these, a lot of parties going on in our city here in New York City, that there are these underground parties still happening. I know we've talked about it on the show, so it's not like that shocking or surprising. I was just still shocked that they're still going on, and I said, well, when... He said, as of recently, my boyfriend told me that his friends were at one. Now, my friend didn't go, but, and I was like, that is shocking. And I still, does it shock you, Jeremy, that people are still? Like I don't, I, no, it doesn't, to be honest. I mean, I think there are some people that have been doing it since before the pandemic and continued the entire way through, regardless of people passing away and people getting sick and things like that. So it doesn't really shock me, to be honest. Does it shock you, Lincoln? Because, I mean, you and I have certainly, we're all about our, you know, Berghain in Berlin and, and the Eagle and sex positive and all that, as is Jeremy. But what at what point do you lose your sense of patriotism and doing the right thing? Yeah, I, I want to say it does shock me. But it shocks me because I'm so not in the mood. Mm -hmm. Like, I could not imagine getting dressed up and getting 
to a club to dance for three hours and coming home right now. I don't even want to take the Uber there because of the risk of getting COVID or who's been in the Uber before me. And is the driver, you know, does he have his mask over his nose? Mm -hmm. Let alone the coat check, the DJ, the dancing space. I don't know. I, so I guess it shouldn't shock me, but I just, I just wouldn't want to be there. So it shocks me on that level. Yeah, it's it's really funny. I mean, we just here in New York, our restaurants open 25% indoor. So I went to brunch with a friend yesterday and it was still kind of cool inside because they have ventilation going on. And my friend is, you know, was lovely and everything. And my friend's trying to order this specific type of drink and the waiter's like, we have like limited yeah, you, you know, we can make you the basics, but we don't. And he's going, God bless him, I love him, but about his specific rum from Puerto Rico, oh, and can God. they make a, a whole thing? And I'm like, okay, simmer down now. Like we just got into this restaurant barely. I think you know, just yeah. get a vodka tonic if you want a mixed drink and call it a day, girl. <laughs> and what's interesting about that from a business perspective is how many restaurants, you know, we say, oh, b- restaurants are back open in New York, but they're only at 25%. So a lot are choosing not to open Correct. because if they can't do 50 or 75% of their business, it's just not worth it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let alone a special vodka and the, you know, come on. <laughs> Shoot me now. I mean, he was getting really specific on this, as my friend can only do. And I was just like thinking, oh my God, this guy's like, <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, <laughs> too funny. Yeah, but that's, um, you know what, though? Just, sorry, just to put a button on that. That is kind of part of it, right? Part of it is to well, go out. One of my friends who I used to see at the Eagle all the time, he posted something on Facebook that I got all uppity about in my head. And I went, uh, I want to see him at the Eagle and argue about this like we usually do. Yes. You know, part of it is the fussiness. Yes. That's now with a group of people or that one guy you see who won't shut up, which is probably me. And, no. <laughs> and be like, <laughs> You know, like those are the things that we miss. So mm-hmm. good for him and his drink. I hope the waiter was able okay. to he was very, pull it together. <laughs> he really pulled it together for him. He was Aww. so sweet. And yeah, and my friend was even saying, you know, one of the reasons I don't like brunch is because I can make this at home. And I'm like, I could too, but you wouldn't be with me and we wouldn't have oh your... Oh God, then zh- stay zh- home. So I, <laughs> I know. Can I ask I you a to... question, Steve? Yes. Did you notice if they added a COVID tax on your bill? I did not, but so I check. You can, I think was... you can add up to 15% <laughs> uh, COVID tax. Which is no, helping restaurants stay alive. I wouldn't alive. be mad at that. What'd you say? I would not be mad at that. Yeah, me really. either. I mean, it would feel... I mean, I already... Someone was talking about a gay bar here in um, in Chelsea that was like, wait till you see the price of drinks once they finally do reopen. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're making it so of, much harder to get back to normal. <laughs> this kind of goes into our next story anyway about bars being shut down and the amount of bars that we're losing. And... You know, I think a lot of us are just going to have to think about the amount those that were able to stay working through the pandemic. You'll just have to remind yourself that, hey, listen, these people survived and you're lucky that they're around. 
And yeah. think about all the money you saved if you were working, caveat, that look at all that money in a year that you did not spend on going out on Friday, Saturday nights or whenever you went out and mm-hmm. know that so many did not make it in the in the modern era that we're finding ourselves in as we roll out because even as 25 percent they're talking maybe 50 percent you know and i'm sure different in every city who's listening right now but that doesn't address the bars and i was listening to dr uh one of the scientists who said you know bars and all that are going to be last on the totem pole so good luck to them there's an interesting article in The Advocate by Alex Gardner, and it's entitled, I'll put a link to this one because I really liked Finding Sexual Ple- Pleasure in a Modern Pandemic. And he talks about the different ways that we've had to find sexual pleasure through online ways. Um, basically, one of the things I really liked about his article is we've perhaps become more adept at communicating. And I know we've all talked about the importance of communicating what we want in bed, what we want sexually, what we want from our partners, what we want to keep our relationships going and alive, when to move on. And these are things that maybe have happened uh, in this time frame. And I'll just read this one short paragraph that he talks about, about gay spaces matter. So he says, for centuries, gay sex spaces have been a source of community and connection. It reminded me of you, Lincoln, because you often have referred to the Eagle, the New York Eagle, as your community center. And I've always, yeah. that always struck me. Already 100% in just what you've said so far. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for centuries, gay spaces have been a source of community and connection. Not only did they allow us to link up for sexual pleasure, but they allowed us to find those with whom we shared a common experience. It was how we found our people and built a community and social movements. Many of those gay sex spaces are now in danger of closing, if they haven't already. What plan, he, he asks us, do we create to keep them alive? As the trajectory of this pandemic changes, there is a great deal of rebuilding that needs to be done. We can't count on government to maintain the health of gay sex spaces around the globe. It falls to us to find creative ways to keep these spaces open and help them flourish. And let's start with you, Lincoln, on just that statement alone. It's a great article. I'll put it up on tagspodcast.com. But it reminds me of something that you often say about even though there's sexual spaces, you get a lot of community out of them and they are in danger. Yeah, they are in danger. And I really don't see how they're coming back because there is no plan for that. I mean, in my circle, I have a couple people that are posting things online, like hold tight. I hope this comes back. Um, Actually the guy who runs harder Ricardo was posting photos from the last thing we were talking about of, he's like, I don't condone this kind of behavior. How are we going to come back if people are still doing this? And I, I just hope, I hope that people do support them when they come back. I hope that new spaces open up because they're so valuable. And no matter if it's sex driven or just alcohol driven or just getting together to, you know, at Rebar here in New York, they do a drawing night where they draw models, whatever's going to bring us together to talk and have conversation. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of the reason I opened the protein bakery on the street was so people could come and chat about fitness and food and anything else that's on their mind. So yeah, it, just, it like- troubles me because I don't think there's urban planning on bigger levels in our in our communities, let alone just in our gay community. Right. The only thing I can think of that is I have often my ear to the pavement, at least in the bars um, in New York. And one of them has a friend of mine, a bartender, has told me that they are have availability and they've started a group text based from the owners of this bar to be able to go out as sort of they don't call them frontliners. It's another maybe I don't know, Lincoln, you know the name, but it's another term that they are able to all get the vaccination. So everybody's essential worker. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And they are all in this group text and they've all been getting it. At least it's something from the bar owners that is keeping them the communication lines going with their staff, even though they're not currently employed in the hopes of, and then allow giving them the information that they need to get the vaccination earlier which suggests that there's a light that they will go back to work at some point. So, I mean, at least it's something, Jeremy, I'm curious for you because, you know, speaking of the importance of gay sex spaces, you worked in one for a while in sort of a, a hybrid BDSM uh, boutique in one of them. And what are the things that you miss about that time that you're just, just to get into your mind about gay sex spaces and why they matter? Well, it's just really nice and refreshing to meet new people all the time. Uh, It's also nice to meet out-of-towners and visitors and things like that. So that was definitely something that I don't have on a day-to-day now. But I also know that it's not something that people have at the moment in general. So, I mean, that that interaction just face-to-face with new people and then with familiar faces, those are two things that I definitely miss from that specific space and then just our spaces in general. Hey, it's your buddy Steve V here and every hump day and I'm talking about Wednesdays, which used to be my former jockstrap Wednesdays. Oh, I miss the days. Well, we have got the fun for you with Tags Live. It's every Wednesday. Myself as the host and my co-host Cody Maurice Doggett laugh through an entire episode alongside you guys because it's an interactive show where you guys get to participate weigh in ask us questions we do a special segment called vulnerable voices which is a lot of fun it's every wednesday on the get vocal platform at 9 p.m eastern time six o'clock pacific time go to get vocal v-o-k-l dot com forward slash channel forward slash tags live the fun is every wednesday night for tags live join in the fun we want to see you there uh lastly moving on there's a former actor i think tyler posey he's an actor i think he was in teen wolf and do either of you know him tyler posey okay so so. he is quoted as saying i'm trying my hardest to be as artistic as possible on OnlyFans. So he's an actor that launched an OnlyFans account, Tyler Posey, says the experience has been bizarre and draining. 
uh, quote, you really feel like an object on OnlyFans. Posty shared in an interview <laughs> with Ease the Rundown, I'm trying my hardest to be artistic as possible with the content I put out because I don't want it to be just porn, you know? That's not what I do, and I don't want it to take away from the people that are doing that. The 29-year-old added, I just want to be artistic and stay in touch with my fans. And I don't know, Jeremy, do you think OnlyFans is really an artistic corner when you hear of, of even beyond him when Chris Brown has an OnlyFans account and recently put up a dick pic? Now, albeit I don't think it was his, but he was trying to get his <laughs> fans all riled up. He's, a, you know, Chris Brown, right? And yeah. a mother in another town was recently all the other mothers in her community found out she's has her OnlyFans account and she's making $150,000 a month and they're coming at her leaving threatening messages on why her and her kids should be taken out of school but she gets it and Chris Brown gets it what do you think Tyler Posey is missing about trying to do artistic work on OnlyFans Jeremy? I mean I would say to the difference it's less artistic and more creative so I think creating exciting content for that platform is more interesting, but I would not say that if you are trying to practice your artistic uh, traits, it's not the best platform to do it on. Uh, I don't believe that, in my opinion, that's what that specific site is for. And I totally get where he's coming from, but I just don't know if that's the right outlet or realm in which I would use to focus that effort. Uh you can definitely be creative in the content that you're giving, but it's really about sex and selling sex and an image and fun. And I don't know, just your intimacy either with yourself or with others. I really think that that's what the focus of it is for and what the premise is of the creation of only fans being fans of the specific people that are creating the content for you. Yeah, and I mean, to be clear, I think OnlyFans was, it's turned out to be, certainly for our purposes on this show, kind of sex and sexual, but I think it's also was intended to be for musicians to kind of offer their fans additional content that they may not get. So whether that be an extra song that you wouldn't get on the album or a live performance, I think it's... It was also supposed to be for that as well, and I'm sure some. Oh, people I didn't using... know that. So it must yeah, have been I know. Well, Skelos gays turn things into everything sexy. But here's where <laughs> I'm struck, um, Lincoln, because he's quoted also as saying, "I'm nude a lot." Quote, and I wanted to be more open-minded about social media, so I just started posting. He told his ex-girlfriend, and quote. I love being nude because you're not born wearing clothes, so I want to go out the same way that I came in, he continued. I want to die naked, and since 2020 has been a little scary, I feel I could die any second now, so I want to be ready. Not sure how I feel about that last statement, Lincoln, but if you put content on there like you're a nudist, it's on a site that is associated with a lot people are going to come for you to want more and more of that what do you think yeah i i, I there's no mystery like is he on left field or with yeah. his i don't understand it, okay so we all want things <laughs> but if you're doing yeah. only fans and you've shown a lot of body they're probably going to expect more body in the future right you yeah you paint, it's like you painted yourself into that corner 
Exactly. It's like there, maybe... there's a couple like people that I know both on their Instagram and in their photography and and in other stuff that now with the pandemic and that people aren't out and about and you don't have a lot of people to photograph and stuff. I'm seeing like random objects next to a set of abs yeah. or <laughs> or random lighting next to a butt. And it's like, um, are you still an artist? What happened here? So if you paint yourself into that corner, you can't blame the audience for expecting more of that. Right. That doesn't work. Right. Logically. Yeah, and he's complained about he feels awkward being seeming sexual. Like he always has to add a level of humor to it, but he's a nudist and all that. And it's like, well, if you're a nudist, that's no problem with it. But the problem with the the thing with OnlyFans is so many of us know you're only as good as your next posting, and you got to keep consistent with that. And well, if you also, do, you're charging for it. So it's like if you want to be nude and you're getting compliments from people that you know people like you nude, then you're like crying wolf for yeah. something that you know that you're doing. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up to me. And I feel to your point, Jeremy, that, yeah, just accept that you're going in that direction. Don't whine about it. Cause no one really ever wants to hear that. Right. <laughs> if you're on there and just make the best of it. And crying. all these people are paying your bills. By, you, and you're an I actor, mean, so it's your job to get creative then. Right. Find different ways then with your nudity that's maybe not sexual to keep your creative soul. And that's your job. I don't think it's – nobody wants to hear you whining. Sorry, Tyler, <laughs> on that one. <laughs> it's a miss on our part. Lastly, <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys about a show that I've just started watching it's called It's a Sin on HBO Max. And shout out to one of our listeners on Instagram. I'm just trying to find him because he he reminded me about it. Douglas Smith, thank you so much for telling me about this. Actually, I had read about it. And sometimes they do promos for shows so early in advance. And I saw it and then forgot about it. And he reminded me of it. So I binged all seven episodes last night. I couldn't believe it. It's a sin. It's about the AIDS epidemic in Britain, London, in the 80s, from 81 to, to uh, not till now, just um, during the, till the late 80s. It is so good about a group of totally different backgrounds, uh, people, guys in their early 20s who move into this house and are struck by the 80s. And I think what's refreshing about this, it reminded a little bit of Pose in some ways, not the drag, the, you know, the the ball scene by any means, mm -hmm. but the fact that they all move under one house and they're struck in the AIDS epidemic. But from the UK perspective that I don't think we ever think of, we think so much about America and how it impacted us for logical reasons, obviously, as being Americans, but and maybe because it probably had more cases here. But in fact, there's an interesting moment in the series where they, some of the characters actually say, without giving away too much, they don't think it's a big issue because it's an American problem. So, um, but as we know, it ends up affecting them. It's so good. I laughed, I cried, I loved every character. It's riveting, it's really well done. I can't. I highly recommend it enough. It's a sin on HBO Max. Watch it. And I know, Lincoln, you're part of a... Tell us about it. 
that you're going to vote on a lot of different things? Oh, I'm a Screen Actors Guild voter uh, for the Screen Actors Guild Award every year. And I don't know what it's nominated for or not nominated for, but I have to look into that. But or they want it to. Sometimes to they, it. they include those in there in hopes that it will get nominated too. So oh, hopefully it cool. will get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to see it. There's so much good stuff out now. Good good. Anything anybody's watching you at last minute to shout out? Um, Jeremy, or anything you're watching that you want us to see or hear? No, or? I'm re-watching Pose. I'm waiting for Ozark. I'm waiting for the new season of You. So ah, I've, yes. I've just been... Oh, and I'm going to start uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Nice. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that series. I was amazing. just going to say. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, I just watched uh, Francis McDormand in Nomad. Oh, what is it good? Very good. It's nominated for uh, a, set, a Screen Actors Guild Award. We also watched um, the Denzel Washington movie that's on, I believe, HBO Max or Disney Plus, The Little Things. Very much a thriller. Oh. Very good. And I started The Great, which is a series on Hulu that's pretty fun. Nice. And I'm going to watch this week Supernova with Stanley Tucci. Oh, I want to see that so badly. Which looks really good. A gay couple um, is struck by one of the couples. Colin Firth's character gets dementia. And I love both of those actors. And it just looks really, really good. And I'm looking forward to watching that. I keep picking the sad ones, though. But yeah, (laughs) anyways. um, And if you want to get hungry, the new series on CNN with Stanley Tucci Eating uh, Italy. Oh my God, it's so good. It's like going to Italy all over again. It's like going going to to Italy. Italy. And then afterwards is like the Lincoln series, which explains Abraham Lincoln, which is, it's like all of my heredity is happening between (laughs) 9 and 11 on (laughs) Sunday. And your name. Yes, (laughs) I love it. We'll take our poll this week. It's based on our hot gay sex topics that we talked about on tonight's episode. Go to patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex it's out tomorrow or later today when this show is aired and in the meantime continue being safe wearing your mask but keep it sexy thanks guys oh follow jeremy at j ross lopez on instagram and lincoln follow him at at mad lincoln and protein bakery at protein bakery you got it let's talk to you soon thank you Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Tags Podcast, where you get a little more insight into what makes us tick. That's right. Everything is at Tags Podcast. We're talking YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Tags Podcast. And join us Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time for Tags Live on the Get Vocal platform, get vocal vokl.com forward slash channel forward slash tags live